This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Engaging in regular exercise is critical to maintaining optimal physical health and performance. Did you know that it also boosts your mental health and well-being? Some research suggests a strong connection between exercise and the prevention and treatment of psychological illnesses such as depression and anxiety. Exercise also might help increase positive mental states and support cognitive function throughout your life. In addition, warfighters and their families can use daily physical activity to remain strong and mission-ready, increase resilience, and boost overall well-being. So, how does exercise support mental health? Physical activity can cause changes in certain hormones, endorphins, and other neurotransmitters in your body, which directly influence your mood, emotions, and brain health, both in the short and long term. Certain kinds of exercise, such as yoga, increase your awareness of how your body reacts to stress and other events in your life and can help you manage those reactions through breathing. HPRC-Online Valeria Tellis interviews Leon Stensum and talks about the integration of fitness and suicide prevention. Leon Stensum started bodybuilding in 2001 after suffering a number of injuries that would end his promising soccer career. It quickly transpired that what Leon lacked in muscle was made up for in spades by the sheer grit and determination he focused on his new sport. Committed to natural bodybuilding, Leon has now been participating in the sport for the past 18 years, with multiple Australian and Australasia titles to his name. During this time, he has competed over 65 times, coached hundreds of clients with over 100 first places and multiple pro cards awarded. Six years ago, following the suicide of his best mate and brother Dean, Leon decided to pursue his dreams and founded Body by Leon Coaching and Personal Training. So committed to helping people to totally transform their body and mind, Leon has also completed a diploma in counseling and written his first book, It's How You Think. Leon operates from his gym where he trains, mentors, and coaches clients in one-on-one sessions that are individually designed for each client and completely private. Leon works with a wide range of clients, all with their own unique goals, from professional athletes to everyday people looking to achieve their personal health goals. Leon is particularly passionate about working with those who suffer from mental health concerns and gives his time freely to work in the community on suicide prevention as a part of the Alliance for Suicide Prevention. 
Leon uses cognitive behavioral therapy methods and provides a framework in which they can work towards achieving goals and transforming their life. Here is the interview with Leon Stensum. In your own words, who is Leon Stensom? Leon Stensom grew up in a, probably an, an amazing childhood, great family, supportive family, and pretty much my whole life was a cruise. There was nothing, no real adversity. Everything couldn't have been better until in 2012, I actually got a phone call from my brother to, to tell me that he was in trouble. So I actually met him that day to find out exactly what he was talking about. And and he said a couple of really hard words to me. We went out one day and he sat there and he actually mumbled a few words to actually tell me that he was actually going to take his life. The words that he actually met, that he actually mentioned was, I'm going to actually kill myself. And and to be honest, in 2012, I wasn't really educated regarding mental wellness, anxiety and depression and suicidal thoughts. And, and I didn't actually take that serious. And then unfortunately, after that, he actually did take his life. So from that moment, I've, I've actually made a self-preservation uh, to myself to, you know, really pride myself on trying to educate myself so no other families have to go through this grieving period that we're going through now. So I've been doing now for the last eight years, really being out in the community and trying to make a difference. And unfortunately, along the way, I've lost, you know, several clients. I've lost close friends to suicide. I'm kind of surrounded by it all day, every day. But but I hang it, I hang in there and and I really work on myself, self-care, and I do whatever I need to do to basically help another family, help another individual, male, female, somebody. So my life is now dedicated to try to give back to individuals. That is wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. I'll be asking you more questions about suicide prevention and mental illness later on. Uh, for now, some general questions, as I mentioned before, warm-up questions about life. What is another word for life? Joyfulness. I'm going to say joyfulness, and the reason I, the reason I say that is because look, we're here, we're here, we're not here for a long time. We're here for a very short time, and and my objective for life is to make sure that everyone can fulfill that joyfulness, and not not just happiness, because happiness is temporarily. Joyfulness is something that you can feel all day, every day. And for me, it's so powerful. And that's what I, I strive myself to educate people that they can feel the joy that I feel every day because then I live the best life possible. And then around me, it's that energy is contagious, that joyfulness. It just goes on to, it resonates to so many people and people just want to be around that energy. And the more I can provide that energy to other people, then they can provide energy to other people and so on. And then it's amazing domino effect of, of, of joyfulness. And for me, that's where we're, we're here to make a difference, find our purpose and just be joyful. Wow. I love that. What a beautiful answer and so true. Um, what is to be a healthy person in your opinion? We know what is to be unhealthy, but what is to be truly healthy? Yeah, and, and that and that's a, it's an amazing question because I, I guess I guess my background working in the fitness industry and working with you know the, the psychology of individuals. Look, you know, let, let, let's say if you had have asked me that question ten years ago, being uneducated, a lot where I, I'd see someone walking down the street and I'd see a nice physique and you'd think they are AKA healthy, but 
that's just not the case because that's just the external. Internal, you find out where they could be battling some psychological issues. There could be some mental illness there, anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts. So for me, healthy, for me, it's a, it's, it's, it's a whole, you know what I mean? Let's be realistic. That looking good on the external side does um, help your well-being, your self-awareness, your your self-esteem. It doesn't make you feel better at yourself, which then you're more inclined to want to help your internals. But it's the whole package for me, Valerie. I just find that work, working on the internal will actually actually allow you to have a better external. So work on it, and that could be a matter of you know balance, balancing hormones, getting getting blood work done, which I regularly speak to clients about because you know someone might have symptoms of you know, depression, but for a male, for example, they may have low testosterone, which is symptoms are actually the same. You know, we're talking, you know, um, tiredness, grumpiness, moody, lack of libido, all these things, lethargic are signs that people are emotional, that people will feel when they're depressed. So I'm trying to basically control everything I can control and get that individuals to actually do the same. And then that's what they can do. They can't control what's going to happen in life. They can't control around it, but they can control them so we've got to basically learn to control our controllables as humans and i believe that's a big part about that word healthy is manage what we can manage wow that is so interesting that um you came to realize that to be healthy takes a lot more than just a physical healthy quote-unquote body it's more than that the mind right absolutely valerie it's it's so important and i guess me, me in the fitness industry you know what I mean? You can see pictures on Instagram and you see amazing bodies. But myself, that's been in it now for 20 odd years, I see the other side that people don't see. You might see this smiling face, but we all, we all know the more, the more selfies we're seeing on social media, there's, there's probably a reason that individual is doing that. They're probably crying out for attention and they're probably not getting elsewhere. So internally, that person's actually not healthy. They just look fantastic. Yeah, right. That's possible, right? To have a happy and joyful state of mind, but still look healthy on the outside. That's exactly right. So I, I always look outside the square. I've always done that because I think that's as, as I love my psychology and I, I understand human beings. I've been working with them for a long time now. So I, I get where people are and I understand and I'm always when I'm speaking to an individual, I know that there's more to the external look, you know what I mean? And it could be little things also that, you know, understanding someone's body posture, their body language, their how they respond. There's there's a body language and, and the way someone walks, talks, acts is also going to explain if they're whether they're in a healthy state or not. And most of the time, if someone's in a depressed mind, um, suicidal thoughts, have some sort of mental illness, they're going to have all these they're not going to have a posture like myself. They're going to be probably slouched over. They're going to be slow moving. So these also are part of healthy that I've learned as well, that there's there's just such a big variety of things that human beings need to look out for to be able to help somebody else. Right. And you mentioned something interesting earlier that I would like to ask a question, perhaps a comment, but hopefully a question. Uh, you said that low testosterone, it's sort of connected or it has the same symptoms as depression. Is that for men to only men or women as well? Uh, that's actually both both parties. Absolutely. So, so I, I guess if you look at look at a female, let's let's look at that, and I'll be I'll be very nice here. Let's say a female time of the month. Obviously, their hormones get a little bit erratic, and so does their behaviour. So does their moods. Okay, and and obviously, so does their whole body bloating, etc. They're the same symptoms as if a female was had an ab, uh, say an imbalance in their hormones. That's how they're actually going to be all day, every day. So I've seen females and males that have actually been diagnosed with depression, 
but actually it's actually a, a, an imbalance in their hormones. I'm not saying that this is every case, of course, but there are there are several cases that I'm looking at to control what I can control. I, I can't, as a as a counselor and, and psychologist, I can't actually you know, diagnose or prevent depression. I can give the individual tools to actually try and have a better quality of life. But as far as the hormones go, that's something that can be managed and controlled. So I'm always looking at controlling what I can control, Valerie, because I, I can't control their external life. So if I can control their hormones, get them in a better state of mind, then when life throws them curveballs and go through, and maybe adversities, they're, they're going to be in a better frame of mind to actually cope with them, that, those scenarios, if that makes sense. So the hormones for me is so important, male and female. And it's one of the most religious things that I do with any client I'm working with. I always, if I feel like there's something there's something dark there that needs addressing, I'm not the doctor, I can't diagnose a depression, but we can do the hormone balance first, take care of that. And then that might, um, it's a process of elimination as well. Right, right. Well, in a lot of that, the balance of hormones have to do with exercise and diet. Is that correct? Yeah. So the balance, balance in it's actually probably more more you can you can do that as far as let's say someone that's untrained that they're in at the gym and all of a sudden they start lifting weights that can actually create and build a natural testosterone within the body. However, as as let's say you know an aging population, say say anyone over say that thirty five years old, especially forty year old plus they're likely that the hormones are going to be unbalanced. And, and let's say for a guy, your natural testosterone level will drop. It will drop as we age. It can drop from 25 upwards. But primarily around that 40-year-old mark, you know, our test levels for probably 70, 80% of the population will be low. And that's where that the old saying, grump, grumpy old men come from, Valerie. <laughs> that's funny. Because <laughs> once testosterone goes down, estrogen will come up, and more than likely we're going to start storing body fat in certain areas. But with that, with that testosterone low, it just creates this grumpiness, tiredness, irritable, short fuse, emotions, etc. that generally weren't there, say, 30 years prior, 20 years prior. So, so it's so it's so important. It's something that we can manage. And doc, there are doctors there that can prescribe HRT or any patient to try to balance that hormones. Right. I'm wondering if you use meditation as a method as well, one of the methods. Oh, absolutely. So as far as controlling, you know, controlling your nutrition, controlling your exercise, controlling meditation, self-care, it's, that's probably the most important things. And, and so here we're controlling what we can control. And that would be my first go-to for any individual. Then if I found that, you know, we're, yeah, we're, we're 5% better, but we're not quite where we need to do, then I'll say, okay, let's get some bloods and let's actually look internally in you to actually see where you're at. And then we can basically process and build the process up from there. So for me, med meditation on a personal perspective is is so important. And I ensure, like as I say, it's it, it's nine a.m. here here in Australia. So my um in Queensland. So my go-to this morning was to go for a surf. I get up, I, I sit there for ten minutes, and I just sit outside and I and I just write down my gratitude thoughts, and I'm just saying a couple of little prayers, and then I'll go and I'll go for a surf, and I'll come into my gym, and I'll be in here for about an hour before I even see anybody. So, Valerie, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to have a coffee, I'm just going to play some music, and I'm just going to get in the zone before, you know, the, the, the morning the morning rush starts and people get in my face. I need to be primed and ready for that. Otherwise, if you just wake up out of bed, go straight into work, and then you've got emails, you've got messages, you've got people in your face, that's, that's Groundhog Day for most people. And there isn't a lot of self-care or time to meditate. So, for me, the self-care meditation is the number one key in life, to be honest. Yeah. Yes, yes. So going back to my general questions, what do you think is the world's greatest need? Connection. 
so Valerie, I'm, I'm finding we're living in a really disconnected society. And I think a lot, a lot of that has to do with the, the fast pace of life, social media. A lot of people are more engaging through social media, not exactly face-to-face anymore. So that's creating a disconnection. Less people are going out and it's creating a little bit more anxiety. Once anxiety gets created in people, they're less inclined to connect with others. So for me, the world needs to be reconnected again. And the only way that's going to happen uh, what we're starting this big thing on the Sunshine Coast now for the last 12 months is where there's a few of us are really starting to connect. And the more connections we make, we can bring people together. Then we can bring people that, are, that, that aren't really so much connected. We can start bringing them into different communities so then they can be reconnected. Because at the moment, the last probably five years, we've seen a massive disconnection. And that's, that's increasing, unfortunately, the suicide rate and the mental illness and anxiety in our society. Mm, so true. That's funny that most people, when I ask this question, they say love. So I'm programmed to ask you, uh, what is love? What is love? True love, I guess it's coming from, you know, from, it's, it's coming from within, you know, to actually truly love and, and be in love or feel love and have that feeling that that's coming from internally. It's coming from in heart. It's coming from being joyful. It's coming from, from being happy. It's all these things. And and there isn't a lot of love, unfortunately, going around in the world at the moment. And, and, that's, and, I, and that is because life has been disconnected. So once people become disconnected, relationships become disconnected, that love will actually drift apart. But once you can start reconnecting people, then the love will come in. So I think that I look at it the other way and go, well, if we, we can reconnect, that'll bring the love back in. But if we're disconnected, the love's kind of drifting away. So for me, we, we're kind of, yeah, we need to reconnect first. That's going to bring more love and connections to individuals, which is going to create more bonds, friendships, lovers, and stuff like this. So I'm looking at the connection first and then the love second. Yeah, yeah. The con- especially connection within, knowing who you are and loving yourself. Right, I agree. Absolutely. And just, again, everyone's that, you know, yeah, let's say when, when I was to grow up, I'm 43 now, you know, after school, we'd be, we'd be hanging out with friends and we'd be going down the park and kicking the footy around and playing chasings and all up to no good and always getting, always getting in trouble for being home late out the bush with mum and dad. But now well, kids will come home and primarily they're probably in their rooms on their iPhones. They're not actually communicating with friends. So there's just a simple upbringing from you know 1980 to 2020 it's just completely different and it's not the kids fault that they're just brought up in a different era than we are and but but something has to change we need to sort of find a happy medium of the both i agree a hundred percent um do you believe in god yes it's funny you ask that valerie because i i actually only started going to church it would have been 14 months ago I, i i was always uh I sat on the fence. I just really didn't know what to believe. And but, but what I did find that is when I was working with suicidal individuals every day, and whilst my my mood and I, I do the best to look after myself, I, I run super high energy all day, every day. And I, I always thought I'd run about 90%, but I knew something was missing and I didn't know what it was. And I'm thinking, you know, one day I decided, a friend suggested, why don't I go to church? And this friend had been asking me this question for five, six years, and I just wasn't sure. So you know what, Valerie, I took the plunge and I decided to go to church. And the first day I went to church, I still can't ex- describe the feeling I got. There was something happened on that day. And fast forward 14 months later, 100% Valerie. And for me, it's given me that 10%. It's just given me this, I had a lot of love before and a lot of joy I think I've just escalated that by 50%. And it's, it's really hard to upset me, Valerie. It's really hard to get on my nerves. I'm, I'm super calm. And I just reckon faith has given me that extra 10, 15% that I needed. So my answer for that is, 
wholeheartedly, yes, I do 100%. That's beautiful. So my follow-up question to that is, who and where is God? That's a good question. I guess if, if I was to answer it in a nutshell, I'd say probably within us all. Well, within us all that actually believe. And I've, and I've felt before that I was I, I achieved a lot on my own, but I don't think I could have done any more on my own. And, I, and I've found something was missing. There, I didn't find there was anyone around me that could help me any more than what I was doing. So that's when I've sort of looked at God and all of a sudden, well, Next minute, you know, I just have this calming influence. And I, and I guess it's it's like talking to you now, Valerie, whereas, you know, I that's why I say I, I can't script anything. When I speak on stage, do speaking gigs, I, look, I just I just get up there and I, I don't have anything planned in my head. I, I know a bit of a story and the words are just instilled in my heart and they just come out. And you probably, that's why I talk about authenticity. It's almost, if you ask me to replicate this podcast afterwards, Oh, it, it would be completely different because that, the, the feeling would be different at the time. And I just feel, yeah, hey, someone's instilled words inside me and, I, and I'm just distributing them out as, as my purpose. Speaking of purpose, what do you think is your purpose in this lifetime? Purpose is an interest, interesting one, Valerie, and it's such a great question because I get asked this all the time and, and people can get upset when they're unsure about, they, you know, they might be 40 years old and they're going, you know, I still haven't found my purpose. Or they might only be 25 and they're wondering what is their purpose. And and, and I guess for me, I've, I've been through, like a lot of people, just adversity kind of everywhere I turned. I, I just had loved ones passing away. I had two clients within a week, you know, tra- tragically take their life. And then a couple of clients not long after that. And it's just been a horrendous run. And But what it built in me, it built this, resilience, it built this mental strength, it built this attitude of not quitting. It kind of led me on to pursue my what I'm doing now even more. And and for some reason I I, I guess I I guess faith has just directed me into my purpose by or I spend my life, Valerie, giving back. And all I'm doing is just giving back to others, giving value to individuals. And for some reason I always seem to have money in my back pocket. I always seem to have clients. I always seem to have a job. I always seem to have opportunities. And, and I guess my purpose, it's uh, I've been through such adversity and I've over a lot of things I've been through. Most people probably wouldn't come out the other end, but I have come out the other end. And, and I believe that, that you know, I was, I was meant to be put through that adversity. So my purpose can be to tell my story. And, and I tell my story often. And I guess I, it's taken me 43 years to find my purpose. So if people out there, they're wondering, I haven't found my purpose yet. What is my purpose? Well, you know, I, I believe the universe will work it out for yourself. But the only way that's going to happen is you've got you've to really, really focus your life on giving back to people, giving value. And I just believe nat- naturally, you're just going to fall and stumble upon it. If you're, if you're a taker in life, Valerie, and you just take, 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 you're not going to be able to find, find that purpose. That's, that's my view on it. So true. That is so true. That's interesting you say that. I just interviewed somebody earlier today, and she said that, too, giving back. Yeah, she mentioned that. My husband mentioned that today. Oh, there you go. So it's the most, it's the most for, for me, Valerie, it's the, it's the most powerful thing. And, and, and it's funny, when I, when I built my gym, and when I say I've got a gym here, it's actually only a, it's a gym provided for those that require special attention. So those that have, you know, mental illness, that have anxiety, that have suicidal thoughts. I only work one-on-one. So actually the gym isn't allowed to have anyone else in here. So it's a huge place, but it's an environment where it's a safe place for them. It's a place where they're not going to be judged and they can just be themselves. So I've actually, you know, again, forked out hundreds of thousands of dollars to build this facility that there's not one in the planet 
um, like it just so I can sheer fact of really work on individuals just one-on-one. And that's just my way of, of giving back. And I believe that there's my purpose right there, just to actually give time, give time to people. And you give time to people, I believe financially, it'll just come and reward you uh, in the long run anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess I'll move the conversation to bodybuilding. Why did you become a natural bodybuilder? What was the inspiration for that? Yeah. Well, I, I always played a, I always loved my, my, well, actually, are you, are you, you're Brazilian, aren't you? Is that yeah. your background? Okay. So I love yes. football, football, soccer, whatever you want to say. I grew, I grew up playing a very high level of, of soccer and, and unfortunately I'd, I'd snap my femur when I, when I was 17 and then I'd come back from that. And then I unfortunately ruptured my ACL. Then I'd come back, you know, nine months later and ruptured my ACL again. And then I'd come back and then I'd break my ankle. And then I was out for another year. Then I'd come back and I've actually broke, actually broke my ankle again. It's almost like a comedy story. Like people are like, are you like telling the truth here? And I'm saying, look, this is where I learned adversity at a younger age. So then I realized that I couldn't play soccer anymore. So I basically was a very competitive guy and I got to 24 years old and I needed something. So I, I always trained and stayed fit and stayed in shape and then just decided, well, hey, I, what, what I can do, I, I didn't focus on what I can't do. I couldn't play soccer. What I can do is lift weights and I decided... One guy said, one day, why don't you do a natural bodybuilding show? You know what I mean? And, and I've never looked back. And I'm 19 years later and I'm still competing. And, and the great thing is I've actually made a return to soccer this season as well. So after being out for, you know, after being out for, excuse me, 12 years, I've actually made a return. So, but I did spend 12 years basically rehabbing my legs. So, so I never give up. I have an attitude of never giving up. And that, that's always been my forte in life is just keep going, just keep going. Wow. Tell me about the life lessons. Are there any profound life lessons that you have learned from the bodybuilding career? Probably taught me more lessons than anything else. The, re- the reason I say that, Valerie, is one, when you're doing a drug free, so you, you re- you're not relying on any, any enhancements, you're, not, you're, you're relying on minimal supplementation. What you're relying on is, is the dedication of your nutrition and the dedication of of progressing on lifting and doing it the natural way, which is the long way. And hence why I've been doing it for so long, just for the sheer fact that it is a process. And the, the, men, the, men, the mental dedication it takes to diet very strict for 20 to 25 weeks, there's no other sport on the planet that requires you to eat less and train harder. Most, most sports, most athletes, you're pretty much going to eat accordingly to your goal. But in bodybuilding, it's something that you've got, actually got to eat less, but Make sure you keep on top of your game. So, and at the lean, the leaner one gets, the more the mindset can actually start playing games and play tricks on you, and you second guess yourself, and you, you, you question your, you know, your, your ability. All these things go through your mind, so you learn to beat all these little challenges and overcome these little mind games. So it actually makes you more resilient in life, and it teaches you dedication, Valerie. So even when you go on and you run a business and whatever it might be, or in a relationship, it just teaches you that dedication and the discipline that I believe that there's not many other sports on the planet that can do that, to have to stick to your nutrition 100% and stick to your training as well. So for an extended period of time, people can stay focused for a week or two or a few weeks or a couple of months, but to do it for a six-month period, yeah, it, it, it takes the next level mindset. So I've done, I've done over 65 shows and I do it for the sheer fact of I just I just love it and enjoy it and I, and I sort of do it for the right reasons. So it just it keeps me honest and it just keeps me pushing forward and just keeps me creating goals for myself all the time, Valerie. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see that though. Um, do you encourage your clients to become bodybuilders? Well, the most fascinating thing is 
primarily 80% of the people I work with, fitness females, they are bodybuilders, they're physique athletes, they're bikini models. So absolutely, what the, the great thing is what happens here that I haven't mentioned yet is that they start suicidal, they start very vulnerable, they start with that, that, that mental illness. What happens is I train them up on the, the physical side, the psychology side, and they actually go on stage. That's what they do. So I'm providing a purpose for them. So, so I'm just renowned for taking that person in that's, you know, that's really finding life really hard. And next minute, you know, they're a, they're a world champion, they're Olympic champion, um, they're Australian champion and state champion. So I come to, I come to America every year. I'm in Las Vegas and for the, for the natural Olympia. So I've always got clients that are doing that. So that's obviously when I do come to the States and whatnot. So, you know, so I've had clients in the last few years get up and, you know, win the Olympia and it's, there is no more better feeling than watching this person that was, you know, thinking about considering taking their life and the next minute, you know, they're, they're, they're the best athlete in the world. So it, look, it takes a lot of behind the scenes. There's a lot of work that I have to ingest into these individuals, but they're about value. It's the most rewarding job in the world. And it, it definitely keeps me on my toes. I'm just blessed to have to, to have the opportunity to work with people that have faith in me then and put basically put their life in my hands. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm so happy. I'm so blessed. Yeah, that's trust. So you inspire trust in people, which is a really wonderful thing. Talk to me about your book. It is how you think. What are you trying to do with this work? What is the message? So it's it's how you think come apart. Well, obviously it's it's a it's somewhat a story myself, but there's a there's a method to my madness. Whereas I've just gone in and, and spoken about my, my my upbringing and the adversities I've been through and overcoming, you know, a lot of friends and family and and brothers taking their life. And so I talk about the the ways that. I actually overcome these adversities. So the whole book's about to change your way of thinking in the way that, as I, if I use a simple example, I was doing a talk on the weekend and I mentioned about how did it, what was the main tool I used to overcome my brother when he took his life. And, and basically what I mentioned was I, I could have sat there and focused for months and months what I have lost. But what I did was I, I actually focused on what I still had. It just So I was actually changing my way of thinking. So the whole book's about changing the way you're looking at every angle. So what I did do was I didn't, I, I couldn't concentrate on what I don't have, but I still had my, my wife of, you know, 19 years. I still had my beautiful daughter that's 14 years old. I still had two beautiful sisters and I still had my mum and dad. So I had to change the way I was thinking as opposed to looking at what I don't have now. And, 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 and like I mentioned before about training, let's say I've had all these leg injuries. I could have focused on that and just gone, okay, well, I can't do anything because I've got leg injuries, but hang on. No, what I can do is I can I can train upper body. I can I can do something else. I can watch my nutrition. So I'm trying to change people's way of looking. So there's many examples in my life in that book, and and I'm trying to change people's way of looking at stuff. So instead of just going, oh, I can't do this. My life's over. It's all over. Well, hang on, but you, you can do this. You can't play soccer, but you can get in the gym. And if you can't get in the gym, well, pick up a guitar. And if you can't do guitar, well, how about you do singing lessons? Just to give a few examples of changing the way people are thinking. So the whole book talks about every scenario that I'd been in, how did I get out of it and what tools that I use. So it's uh, it, 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 it's had like fantastic reviews and it's done in way better than I ever thought. I, just, I, I wrote it just for the sheer fact of trying to share a story and it, yeah, and it turned out to inspire many people and they really learned to change the way that they looked at it, pretty much with that word perspective. Perspective, right. And a lot of times it's all about shifting perspective, right, in life. Oh, Valerie, you, you just nailed it, mate. That, that, is, that is exactly what it is. And, it, and it's a very important word. And it's, it's, it's a word that you've got to use with people, 
you know, nicely as well. You don't want to, because some people will then think that what they're going through isn't as important as what someone else is going through. So every, you just got to judge everyone's, everyone's going through their own hard times. No one's going through a harder time than another person. It's just sometimes as individuals, when we do use that word perspective, we it, sometimes it just can help us, Valerie, move forward. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I do know. <laughs> yes. So talk to me about the, um, the Body by Leon coaching and personal training. Do you include spirituality as a method as well? Uh, I, I, can't, I do and I don't. I'm, I'm very, look, I reckon that the more psychology, I'll use that word psychology is huge. And obviously I do a lot, a lot, a lot of counseling here as well. It's, it's part of the, the whole lot kind of goes together. There's some people that I'm talking spiritually. I know who I can speak spiritually to and I know who I cannot. There's some people obviously here in Australia, they're, they're very like, no, I don't believe in this. I don't believe in that. So if you were to bring that on, I don't think it would work. But there are some people, I, I feel that if you can build rapport with the individuals and, and focus on the basics at first, work on the basics, then start building the process up and then you can get into the spirituality. But I, I believe it is almost the key. I think it's, uh, it's, the, it's the missing link to a lot of people. I really, truly believe that. And everyone has their own beliefs. And, 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 I, and I guess myself now, once I actually started opening my mind in life and started being open to suggestions and open to you know a whole big wide world out there, that's when I believe, Valerie, my life changed. It, it was always great, but I just think it's gone a whole nother level. And I think it's going to go on a whole nother level again in another 12 months as well. Right, right. And that's the whole thing about life. It's always changing. It's wonderful. And it's important to be open, right? And look, Valerie, that's that's so true. It's so true. You know, a lot of people can just be very closed-minded and just going, you know what, they've been doing their same same ways for X amount of years. And let's be humans are creatures of habits. And sometimes, you know, we need to break them. And, and unfortunately, as, as humans, we also learn bad habits, bad skills in life. And we need, to, we need to unlearn them and open our mind to learn new new behaviors, which can actually allow us to move forward. So a lot of people aren't going to move forward in life until they step back, open their mind, and actually yeah, bring that spirituality into their life. Have you found an effective way or the most effective way to, um, to prevent suicide? Or this is something they're still working on? Uh, probably I'll take both of them as, as a yes and a yes. And it, it's a work in progress. And I think back to what I was talking before about uh, we're living in a disconnected society, which is obviously making people a lot more lonelier. So on, on the Sunshine Coast here in Queensland, where I am, unfortunately, we live, which which is actually, if you look at it on the map, it's it's absolute paradise. It's full of the most amazing people, the most amazing beaches in the world. It's just in, incredible. But unfortunately, we're the who, highest suicide rate in the country. And and people cannot believe that. And the reason why that is the case here is that because people, it is so beautiful here that people move here thinking they, they can start their life all over and, 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 and try to come to this amazing place and their life will originally just change and be fantastic. But unfortunately, all they're doing is bringing their burdens here. That, so and obviously then when they bring when they bring their burdens here, so so many people are moving here, they don't know anyone. They're moving here without families. They, they might have moved here on their own, or they've moved here and their families don't have any connections. And all of a sudden, then the relationship breaks up, and then they then they've got no connection. So people are moving here for the lifestyle, but unfortunately, they haven't got connections. So out of the Sunshine Coast, you know, there's probably only you know fifty thousand people that originally lived here, and you've got two hundred thousand people that have actually moved here for that life, try that lifestyle change. So we, we definitely find it here. There's that 
there's that disconnection and people just can't reconnect. However, that we are changing. There are facilities that have been built here. Uh, the Alliance for Suicide Awareness Prevention across the road from my gym now, there's amazing people in there that are doing research studies to try to work out what is happening here? Why is this epidemic all around the world? What's going on? And 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 lot life is fast, Valerie. It's it's so fast. It's quick. And finance people, it is expensive. It's way more expensive. And all these little things are putting pressure on families and pressure on individuals. Males, males, all of a sudden can't you know might might be under pressure. Can't keep jobs. Can't support their family. That affects their well being. Then obviously, then mentally, they they're now going to obviously suffer as well. So, life is so fast, quick. And financially, it's getting tough for people to survive and live. And this this builds extra pressure and this this is added to it. So there's, there's many, many, many dynamics, but they're, they're just a few there. And so, so my part is if we can actually control what we can control is control the individual's well-being and reconnect people and make people have more friends, people to talk to, people to vent to, people to hang out with. So we can control that. If that can put more smiles on people's faces, then we're going to get less people that May, may have mental illness and, we, and then we can guide them to professionals to get them to seek you know once they build trust in individuals they can more than likely they're going to go seek professional assistance to work on their mental behavior so once you reconnect and then people can have some faith in each other then you then you can get the next step about getting them the service they require to work on whatever problems they're going with but at the moment when people are disconnected, they just sit in their four walls at home and and obviously thinking all day of some not so good thoughts. So that leads to the the suicide, unfortunately. So the reconnection is just one of the most important things. And so that's what we've discovered is the number one thing that we need to do, reconnect. And and when people when people have better frame frame of mind's value, they're going to be more inclined to work harder. You know what I mean? They're going to be more inclined to want to have more energy. They're going to be more inclined to want to train, look after the nutrition, control them little things that they may not have done before. Wow. I love what you do, Leon. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's Thank you, Valerie. Thank you so much. We are all trying to do this kind of work in our own way. You're very creative. Um, and I, I love that you keep saying the word connection, reconnection. Yeah, just uh, going back to what life is all about and connect. You say more in the way of connecting with people who can uh, inspire you, us, to become better human beings or healthier, just inspiration. That's what you, you really focus on, and it's beautiful. I love that. Another thing um, that I'm pondering here is um, the plant-based diet. Do you, um, what is your opinion? I, I guess plant-based diet, interesting one. I, I guess if I, look at that, I'm, again, I'm, like I mentioned, I'm very open-minded. So, so I, I guess I'd look at it, if, if clients come to me, which they do all the time, and ask me about Leon, I watched the movie, The Game Changer. Should I be plant-based? It looks like it's the fantastic thing. What's my opinion? And my first opinion is, hang on, what's your goal first? What's your goal first? And then obviously I'll, I'll look at, I'll, I'll analyze the decision from there. Look, if someone doesn't want to eat you know, animal protein based on just simple fact of they love animals and they don't want to, hey, you know what? Don't eat it. Perfectly fine. Go plant-based. Not a worry. If someone wanted to add a lot of muscle and wanted to get super strong. It has been proven that plant-based diet for everyone is not going to add as much muscle on someone's frame. So that's, but but you are going to get people that respond to plant-based better. So my opinion to to anyone being open-minded is try it. I did it. I did it six years ago. I dieted for six months on a plant-based diet before people even knew what plant-based was. And and if I be very honest, it was the best conditioning I was ever was, I was in the best shape of my life. I, I actually stopped getting headaches for six months, but 
I was also the smallest I ever was. So if I took what what I took out of that was too much red meat gave me migraines. So Leon, what I learned from that is that what I need to do is pull back my red meat a little bit and find a happy medium between between the both. So so I'm all about logic. So for me, I'd advise anyone if you query it and you want to try it, I say try it for give it a good month or two, and then you can make your own decision. If you feel I know people have mentioned they feel amazing and energy is high. That is a fact as well. But I've also seen people on a regular animal-based diet as well feel amazing as well. So I think there's no right, wrong for any individual. It's really, you've got to be open-minded, go in there and try it. And if you find that your performance in life through the gym is incredible and you feel stronger, well, you know what? It's worked for you because everyone has a different genes, different different body makeup, different body types, endomorphs, ectomorphs, whatever it might be. So everything's going to work differently for some individuals. So what I do may not work for you, Valerie. So I would tell the individuals, try it, be open-minded. You never, you never want to shut the door on anything in life because someone all of a sudden might go plant-based and they realize, wow, I don't bloat anymore. I've got rid of all my bloating. And that's very common. I'll see with females as well. For some reason, some whey protein seems to bloat them or some certain animal protein steak just may not digest properly in their physique. And so there's really, it's a really, it probably hasn't helped your answer there, your question, but I think in life, there's a lot of things. There's no direct yes or no. There's no right or wrong. I think it's important that in life we experiment and then we can have our own evaluation from there. And But I, I've done it personally and I took some pros out of it, but I just felt that I was a lot smaller than I was today. Right. So it was just the size factor. Yeah. And, and that's it. And I just wasn't as strong, which obviously enhanced why, yeah, so my, my strength was superiorly less. It was a lot less. And that, that, but that was my response to it. And uh, I did sit on a panel in India just regarding this as well. And obviously, there's a couple of scientists on there that had, had their say about it. And they, they found more pros for the animal place diet. But some people also had reasons. Some females said they feel fantastic and lighter on the plant-based diet. So there's always a, a domino effect of we've gone one way, but then people have gone to go the other way. So it's a really, you want to try it? I'd say I, I, my suggestion is try it, give it a go and, and make your own evaluation at the end of it. Yeah, I like that, the idea of uh, experimenting ourselves. Yeah. What supplements do you recommend the most to your clients? I'm, very, I'm a very anti-sup person in a way because I believe in I believe in nutrition and I believe I believe that I'd like clients to focus more on their performance of what they're doing in the gym over relying on supplements. So if your nutrition is you know is is pretty good, you're going to get the nutrients from most foods. So to be right, look, it's very hard for most individuals to hit their protein intake. So I would say just ensure that you have a have a good quality protein. And and again, if that's plant-based or whether it's just a normal whey protein, again, for me, it's not for me to decide if it, what it's what the individual likes. I do have clients that, that don't eat plant-based, but they do have vegan-based protein because it doesn't bloat them. There's another example as well. So yeah, so um, for, for me, a creatine monohydrate, it costs, I know, probably costs $30. It probably last you, you know, six months to 12 months. Very, very, very simple. That supplement has proven to improve performance, you know, by a few percent, but that's about it. I think more people, I, will, I like to work on the more psychology of individuals because I believe training is 70% psychological. So psychologically, you're not in a great place. You're not going to be performing anyway. So I don't see the point in wasting all our money or on, on, our, on artificial supplements. I prefer to work on the psychology. That will actually make people happier train more effective and get better results that way. 
That is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the mind goes back to the mind, right? Beautiful. I think everything that your podcasts are about, it, it, for me, it all comes back to that mindset and that, that mindset will dictate how you perform. Absolutely. So I have a few questions for you, but before I ask them, they are unrelated to the subject, to what we've been talking about. Would you like to add anything that I have not covered? I, th- I think just one, one, one little story, Valerie, that, that happened to me on the weekend just very quickly. There was, I, 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 met, I met a mate out surfing last weekend on Sunday morning. I hadn't seen him for five years. And anyway, so we arranged to go surfing. We're out there surfing. And then he was telling me about the last five years had just been the worst of his life. And he, he broke up with his partner and there was, there was violence, there was drugs, there was alcohol, there was death threats. It was just horrible. And, and the one thing he said to me, which resonated with me that really hurt was he said, Leon, I just hate people. I just can't stand people. I don't want to be around people anymore. And this is a common thing I hear often from someone whose mindset is naturally not in a good place. And I'm listening. He goes, he goes, Leon, what, what the hell do I do? I said, well, the answer is quite simple. He goes, what? He goes, I said, you need to change your circle. He goes, what do you mean? I said, well, I said, well, look, buddy, I'm around amazing, inspiring people all day, every day. I choose my, I choose my circle. I choose my friends wisely. That is why. I, I'm, I'm encouraged, I'm inspired, I'm happy every day and I'm joyful because I'm in a great environment. You're surrounded by people that drink alcohol excessively and, and people that are abusive and split, broken families. I said drug abuse. I said compare the two of us. And then what the amazing, most amazing thing to add to this, we, I then left him and went in my car and then I sent a message on my, on my phone and the message was from a lady I knew doing that. She was doing this big corporate speak down the road from my gym. And she goes, Leon, one of our speakers pulled out. Can, can you be a speaker today? I said, uh, yeah, okay, not a worries. I'll be there at 3 p.m. when she wanted me to. That's fine. And the first thing that came to my mind was I'm going to ring Brad, this guy's name, that was his name. I'm going to ring him and I'm going to tell him, Brad, all right, he's going to be your first, your first introduction to an amazing positive environment. So I asked him to please turn up. And he turned up and all of a sudden he's gone from, you know, in, in a circle of friends that were, you know, abusive and drugs and alcohol to an environment where it was happy, there was jumping, there was chanting. It was like a, it was like a mini, mini Tony Robbins event. And at the end of it, I actually added, added in my talk what I'm talking about now. And at the end of it, mate, the guy was in tears. The guy didn't want to leave. He was just so inspired. And he just goes, wow, Leo, now I get what you're talking about, this, this connection business and this environment of amazing people. He goes, I've never had this in 45 years of my life. It was only behind you, buddy. You just, you just looked in the wrong area. You just needed to step back, reevaluate your life. And that, that, that connection, that environment was just behind you. You just couldn't see it. Yeah. It, it took you talking to him about it and bringing him to the right environments to change everything. Right. Pretty simple. Hey, right. Right. Pretty simple. Pretty, and most things are pretty simple, but it's about taking the action and giving the right advice to somebody, but getting them to actually take your advice on board. And like we said earlier, trust, I said trust is important. So you inspire trust and that's when people will tend to listen to you and, um, and change their lives. You just absolutely nailed it, Valerie. That's it. It's just, it's building that rapport and that trust within individuals. Otherwise, they're not going to take your advice on board. And that's where I've always been renowned to be a real empathetic person. I speak to people gently, but I speak to people very openly and honestly. And people will, will believe what I say and they'll take my advice on board. So that's the other thing I try to teach individuals as well. If you want to try to help someone, again, you've got to work on your mindset. You've got to get your nice your, your mind in a nice, calm, soothed manner. So you can speak to people very gently, you know, and, and then they're, they're more, enlightened, more inclined to take your advice on board, build that rapport. And that's how you can make individuals basically 
change the way they're thinking and, and help them as well. Yeah, right. And, and and being genuine, like we have been saying too, so you're not just uh, building report or, or being a trustworthy person. You are. It's not just trying to be. You're living that life. That's perfectly said. Genuine. I love that word. I love that word. So my final questions. Um, how do you define success? What is success to you? Yeah, success to me is probably back to the words I've been mentioning all through along is that that happiness and joyfulness for me success that it's not my bank about balance i believe that once you're happy you're joyful all of a sudden you know I mean, your, your your bank balance and everything will take care of itself so I've, I've never ran my life worrying about my financial situation i know a lot it's easy for me to say that and a lot of people will think well you need to have the finance to do that but i'm also a big believer that if you do the work and, and you really work hard and you work hard for the right reasons do what you love success will just follow and for me success is just it's been happy. My family's happy. My friends are happy. The people around me are happy. And, and everything kind of takes care of itself. And I'm, I'm just a real true believer in that. For me, finances, that, that ain't mean anything. I, got, I, got, I couldn't care less about what's in my bank. And finally, I'm, ne- I'm never short of money in my bank because I don't even worry about it. What I, I spend my life, I just look forward. I look at what I need to do and just put all my energy, all my energy I've got into individuals. So like me doing this podcast today, all my energy, all my strength, all my power just goes, you know what? I just want to provide the best, the best answers, the best information I can to try to help somebody else. And if that helps someone, mate, I'm, I'm, I've, I've fulfilled my duties for the day. And I just try to replicate that, Valerie, every single day. Wow. Yeah. What is to be a strong person? Yeah, to be, to be a strong, strong, strong person, be, uh, being a resilient person, be, be, over, over, learning to overcome adversity, tough times, hard times, not quitting, not giving up when the going gets tough. All, all these little things here, Valerie, are, is all part of being being a strong person. So you don't have to, you know, you can be a a, a little person that's never lifted a weight in your life and, and be just mentally strong. And you, you've learned how to overcome adversities and 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 being very resilient. So yeah, I'll, I'll probably come back to the mindset there again, but it's probably because that's the mindset is going to dictate is going to dictate your life. Yeah. Um, what was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself? to believe in myself and have self-belief. I think that's the hardest thing when we live in a, a year and an era of, you know, there's a, there's everywhere you turn, there's negativity, there's social media and people are putting people down and, and we're, we're all trying to achieve goals. And, and when you work for yourself, you're going to do th- things are going to go great. Sometimes things aren't going to go great. And it's just learning to, to believe in yourself and back yourself and just not quit. And look, the, the times that I've been running my facility now for nearly eight years, it's um there's been there's been hard times because I've had so many deaths around me and there's times where I've just wanted to quit and I'm just going, you know what, I just can't do this. But my head's saying, no, Leon, you, you've just got to keep going. So I'm just trying to really keep myself upbeat, keep that self-belief. I have I have a fantastic manager, fantastic friends that that believe in me and I believe in myself, but I just want to learn to believe in myself I just, I need more, Valerie, and, I, and I'm working really on that on myself to just better myself. And the more I find that I can better myself, the more belief I'm going to create. If you're not achieving goals and you're not moving forward and you're not progressing, it's very hard to have that self-esteem within and that self-belief. So for me, it's all about progressing, being better, and that brings my self-esteem naturally up. So that's the biggest thing I'm trying to build on now, and that's the biggest thing I fight in my head is just keeping that self-belief because that's, if I don't believe in myself, who's going to? I'm not going to be able to achieve any goals in life if I don't believe in myself wholeheartedly. When you say believe in yourself, um, would, would that be connected to loving yourself unconditionally? 
Probably wholeheartedly, yeah. <laughs> Valerie, you're probably spot on. That that's exactly right. And um, and look, you know, it's it's a hard thing for any human to sit here and say, "Oh, I love myself." It doesn't it doesn't flow out nicely or effectively or or or, or naturally. However, it it's you've got to feel comfortable within your skin. And like I was saying, I, I try to achieve goals and try to progress, and that builds up my self worth. And I always keep myself in shape the best I can. And because I know that when the best, when I'm looking great, I do feel good and my self-worth is higher. So what you're saying is 100% true. So you gotta, you have to love yourself. You, you have to in a very uh, humble way, okay? <laughs> right. No matter what, right? we accept and love ourselves, right? Definitely 100%. Yeah, because it's funny. You said earlier about uh, being gentle and kind when we approach other people and all, but that's the same concept with us, same approach. Like being kind with ourselves is really important in life. Oh, look, 100%. I, I come up with a range. I always have like new body by Leon outfits and shirts and stuff. And, and one and one slogan I put on the back, which I woke up one morning and I just tried, be, be kind, it's free. <laughs> yeah. And it's probably the best shirt that I've ever released to date. And it's just everyone stops you on the street and just goes, wow, that's so powerful. And, and the fact of reality is, it, it is, it is free. And it's if everyone's kinder to each other, we'd, ha we'd have an amazing world, Valerie. Oh, yes. What is another word for healing? Another word for healing at peace. Yeah, that's a hard one. Let me think about that one. Another word for healing. Yeah, so healing, oh, I, I, peace is the only word that sort of comes to my mind. I, I'm, at, I'm at peace within within myself. I'm again, he, healing at peace. Probably at, at peace is probably the only word that sort of I can, that's coming to my mind. There's nothing else coming to my mind. So I'm just going to, yeah, I, I'm at peace if I'm healed. I feel I'm at peace. Mm, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. If you knew you would die soon, in a sense of losing the body, would you make any change in your life? Would I make any changes? That's an interesting one. Look, I if you had to ask me maybe six years ago, eight years ago before my brother took his life, I would turn around, I would say, you know what? I was in a comfortable job. My life was comfortable. I had a, a, I, I did really, really well for myself, but I was really comfortable. And I had a, no self-esteem, no self-worth, um, grew up in the shadow of a, of a brother that was very popular, very athletic, academically brilliant. And I was kind of just the, the, the kind of like leftover genetics, if you want to put it. So I was a very shy kid. I, I wish I achieved more in that, young, in that younger age and come out of my shell a little bit more. However, if I look at the other side, I go, I probably wouldn't be who I am today if my brother, unfortunately, he took his life. And that's what gave me the wake-up call going, Leon, stop being comfortable. Stop living in my shadow. Get out and start living your own life. And that's the biggest thing that, unfortunately, him not being here today has really taught me. So I say I back then, I say I wish I was, wasn't so shy and so quiet. But I guess, you know, our life's kind of panned out for us if we look at that way and, and just go, you know what, I guess I was meant to be, you know, complacent up until that point. And then my life's kind of gone 10 steps forward. So to cut that answer short, I'll say, I wouldn't change a thing. I would keep it exactly the same because I guess I'm at my most peak at the moment at, at being at 43, whereas I have a lot of life experience. And if I had done what I'm doing now when I was younger, I wouldn't have the life experience to actually effectively help others. So because I've lived a little bit and seen a fair bit, I believe the timing for me to do what I do now is perfectly. So I don't think I could change the script of my life, no. Wow. What a powerful answer. Thank you. Thank you. Do you believe in life after death? I'm trying to, Valerie. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm really trying to, and I'll. I have to say yes. Look, I I do believe that 
you know, that there's spirits in my room now that are guiding me and helping me. I'd, I'd have to say yes. I've understood this question, I reckon, my whole life. And and I think as my journey continues with God, I, I am leaning towards the afterlife, yes. And I, and I, and I, I'm not saying we all come back re- reincarnated, but I, I feel like there, there is something outside here, yes. What are three things about life you know for sure as of today? Well, I know, I know we're all going to die. <laughs> yeah, don't we all? Okay, sure, we're all, all going to die. So the best advice, and I always tell myself all the time, Leon, you're gonna, if I'm ever scared or afraid or about to do a talk and I'm so nervous and I'm petrified, I always just tell myself that, Leon, you're going to die one day. So you, you know what? Just just go out and give the best. You, what, what are you worried about? One day you're not going to be here. So you don't want to spend your whole life worrying. So that would definitely be one. Another two things are certain about life. Well, it's certain there's always there's always going to be adversity. There's always going to be hard times. And you know what? Life happens and shit happens. And I think it's very important, excuse my French, but it's very important to understand also in life that, you know what? Hard times are going to come. And that's why I'm always about priming your mind and your body to be able to handle these hard, hard times when they do come. And the other one is certain that there's, there's always love around. I think you've just got to find it. And you've, you've, you've just got to find it. It's right there. It's right behind you. And, and I just want more people to find that love. And it's and again, it's what I'm all about, reconnecting people to, to find that love. Because I think there's a lot of love there ready to be given, but it's just not been given yet. So that would be my third one. Mm, how wonderful. Thank you so much for this conversation. It has been genuine, fun, beautiful. Thank you. Nah, my pleasure, Valerie. It's been a whole lot of fun. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Where can we find more information about you, your books, services, projects? Yeah, my, my, basically you can, I'm very active on, on Facebook, just my actual personal name, just Leon Body by Leon Stensome. I live on that Instagram, Body by Leon. LinkedIn is just my name, Leon Stensome. And primarily the website is probably where you find most information, which is all the W's, bodybyleon.com.au. I'd, um, yeah, I've always got um, information. There's stuff up there, transformations. There's a whole lot of stuff on there as well. Thank you so much again. And I'll talk to you soon. My pleasure, Valerie. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Leon Stensum, please visit his website, bodybyleon.com.au. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Vickrock. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now. Mm-hmm.